So Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven in Matthew 25. I'm reading from verse 14. He says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. And then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with the two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more and he will have an abundance. And whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Thank you, Chris. So we're using the parables of Jesus as the basis for our sermons at the moment. And then later in the spring, we're going to return to the very challenging theme of life on the front line, linking back to what we did earlier in the year. And today's story will be familiar to many of you. We read it from Matthew's account. There's a similar story in Luke's account. Uh, It's variously called the parable of the talents or of the pounds or sometimes the bags of gold. And it comes in Matthew's gospel immediately after the story of the ten bridesmaids. And if the focus of that story was being ready for the moment when the bride comes, when the bridegroom comes rather, then the focus of this story is what you are doing in the time before the bridegroom or the master returns. And though it's a storyline that's very much to do with money, because talents, pounds, whatever, uh, in its original setting, I think this would be understood as quite large sums of money, thousands of pounds in our own way of thinking that would be given to each of these people. The storyline is to do with money, but the application is much, much wider. It's to do with the whole of life, and that's how I believe we need to look at the story today. Because we live today in that in-between time between the human life of Christ, the time when he 
was born, when he lived, uh, when he ministered, when he died, when he rose again, all of that which is contained within a particular period of time. We live between that period of time and the time of his glorious return when everything will be brought together in him. And within this time, as Christians today, we've been equipped with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we've been entrusted with the task of mission, and the parable here asks us a question, how are you getting on with what God has called you to do? How are you getting on? How's it going? Because the master might return at any time. And he doesn't just want us to be ready for that moment. He wants to know what we've been doing in the period of time in between. Are you like the person with five talents or two talents, actively engaged in using the gifts that God has given? Are you like the person with one talent, hiding it away, fearful of making a mistake? And we usually interpret this parable in this kind of individual way. And that's entirely right and something that uh, certainly I will return to before we finish. But I think there's a less common but equally appropriate way of interpreting this parable as a message to the whole community. And that too, I believe, is important. And that's where I would like us to focus our attention this morning. Thinking of God's people, a local community, a local church. We are the local church here at Shirley Baptist Church. How are we getting on with what God has called us to do? We're living in extraordinary times. This time last year, all the talk was about Brexit. We were actually, this moment last year, we were just a matter of days away from leaving the EU. Theresa May had to ask for an extension. Uh, you remember that saga, and the rest, of course, is history. Those angry exchanges in Westminster, those cliffhanger votes, and so much more that was going on this time last year. And although Brexit is not currently in the headlines, it remains, of course, a major challenge as a trade deal with the EU needs to be negotiated in the coming months. Later on last year, of course, the UK faced a general election. Whilst at the same time, Australia was suffering its worst ever season of bushfires. Earlier this year, there was no rain in Zimbabwe, but parts of the UK were suffering from devastating floods. The conflict in Syria has entered its seventh, or even I think I read somewhere ninth year, so I'm not quite sure of the statistics, but whichever, that is a horrendous period of time where so many people have been living with constant internal conflict and the number, uh, global numbers of refugees continues to rise on a massive scale. All of that has been going on and is going on. And now the focus of the world is in a different direction. And the whole new COVID-19 strain of the coronavirus that's swept across the world, bringing a tragic loss of life, bringing chaos to many, bringing a huge element of fear and uncertainty. So how are we as a community of God's people called to use the talents that have been entrusted to us until the master returns. And never mind whether you might think of yourself as a five-talent person, a two-talent person, or a one-talent person. That's not the point. The question is, how do we use 
what God has given us to us at this time? How do we fulfill what God is asking of us at this time? Are we engaged in the Great Commission in all its richness and fullness? Or is there any sense in which we are burying the gift of God, hiding what has been given to us, trying to keep it safe, keep it close, and not engaging in the world around us in a meaningful way. I think there is a real challenge here. And when we try to interpret this parable in our time, we need to understand both what we have been given and how we should use those gifts of God. What we've been given and how we use it. What have we been given? Well, there's so much that could be said here, but we've been given a gospel of grace, which is good news for all people. This is absolutely fantastic. Whatever your circumstances today, calm or fearful, well or not so well, fulfilled in work or just hanging in there, comfortable at home or living in perpetual conflict, whatever your circumstances, the gospel of Jesus Christ is good news for you and for all people. Jesus loves you. He wants the very best for you. He longs that you should be restored into a relationship with God in which you can truly call him Father and know his fatherly care over you. It's why Jesus came, it's why he lived, why he died and why he rose again. And you and I need to stand firm in the grace that God has lavishly given to us, that gospel which is indeed good news. But equally, we're given the task of proclaiming that same good news. It's not for us to hide or to bury, but to proclaim boldly and clearly. And for those who are fearful, time and time again, the scriptures say, don't be afraid. For those who are lonely, repeatedly, the scriptures say, I am with you. And your own story and your testimony and my story and my testimony can be immensely powerful in these extraordinarily difficult times. We've been given a gospel of grace, which is good news to share. And then we've each been given gifts through the Holy Spirit, which when they are brought together, form a colorful rainbow of God's grace, reaching out to the world. Not everyone is gifted in the same way, but each person is gifted in some way. Some will be called to prophetic words at this time, lifting our horizons beyond the immediate, the practical, the number of times you wash your hands or anything else that we're thinking about to the bigger view of what God might be saying and doing through these times. Others will have the gift of compassion, which reach, reaches deep into the lives of those who are lonely and who are suffering, bringing practical help and comforting presence. And it is in that kaleidoscope of different gifts as they all complement one another that a community of God's people can be effective, if you like, in investing in the kingdom, in the good use of the talents. We're given the task of using those gifts. 
The full diversity of God's gracious gifts needs to be exercised in every way. Romans 12, 6 to 8 is very clear. We have different gifts according to the grace that is given to each one of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is to give, then give generously. If it is to lead, then lead diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Whatever it is, do it. Invest in the kingdom. Use the talents. And let other people see that the Spirit of God is at work in this world today. We could also say that we've been brought together in a community whose hallmark is love. In our own congregation, we have four words that as act as a particular focus of who we are and what we are doing locally as, as we think particularly of welcome, love, challenge, and grow. All churches have the same broad mandate, all accord to be the people of God, the body of Christ, the armor of God, the aroma of Christ, to use some of the metaphors from the New Testament. But each church has its own distinctive characteristic. These are the words that are driving our vision just at the present time. Church may look, look very different in the coming weeks. It may be a while before we see a packed church buzzing with the sort of life that we've been used to at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning. Church might look quite different in the coming weeks. But we have a great opportunity to serve our various communities and networks in creative and compassionate ways. And when we think about front lines, of course, we were recognizing that it's not just one place. There are so many different front lines, so many different communities and networks that we're all involved in and connected with. And we are given the task of making our communal life effective and powerful. As some activities may have to close, other ways of communicating and caring will open to us. Who do you know who might be lonely today? Who is struggling to get what they need in the house because so many people have seemingly hoarded unnecessarily and emptied the shelves in our shops? Who is run off their feet in one or another department of the NHS and would really appreciate a word of encouragement, a gift of a meal or something special to them? Who is fearful of their employment? Maybe because they work in the hospitality or travel industries, those areas where cancellations are coming in time and time and time again. Who is deeply concerned for their parents or friends who are vulnerable and for whom this virus would be incredibly serious. Here's an opportunity to put all of our front lines into action and be the people of God in places where we're called to live and work and use those gifts to the full. So it may be, as the weeks unfold, that there will be a measure of self-isolation going on to use the new language. But there is no spiritual isolation. No spiritual isolation. God doesn't suddenly withdraw his grace and withdraw his gifts 
just because we cannot come to church or because we choose not to share bread and wine around the congregation or whatever it is. The Holy Spirit has no physical and no cultural barriers. There may be some who are hearing this on a CD or from the website when it's uploaded in the next day or so. And you may be feeling very cut off at the moment. Maybe you've chosen not to come to church in order to avoid any unnecessary risk, and that's absolutely fine. Or there may be other circumstances which are preventing you from being present at the moment. And God is as near to you where you are as he is to those who are gathered here as I am speaking today. Prayer is a powerful gift. It is part of all that God has given to us. And to pray is to commune with God, to know that he is with you. And there's a risk that we bury in the ground, the very gift that God has given to us in all places and in all times, rather than investing heavily in that powerful tool as well and using it as a gift to be shared and to be uh, employed to the very full. We don't need to call extra prayer meetings in the face of coronavirus, but we do need to trust God more, and we need to pray more. Many of you are aware of the movement that's simply called Try Praying. We've highlighted it on a number of occasions previously, and uh, you will remember this book, and we've got some banners that we've sometimes put up to match with it. Uh, and it's tended to recycle at this time of year. So just at the moment in Scotland, a number of cities have got uh, buses with uh, the Try Praying logo all over them and so on. There are some more books here. Uh, we've had some spares for a while, and I brought them down this morning because I thought this could be particularly helpful to you. Uh, and it may be that you know someone who you are in contact with at the moment, and you're encouraging them to think about God's presence and God's love, uh, and just the thought of inviting them to simply Jesus, it would be a great occasion, but may just not feel quite right the thing to do at the moment in the current circumstances. So maybe you want to give them a book and say, try praying. It means a lot to me to talk to God. Maybe that's something that you can do as well. So if you have someone who you would particularly like to pass this on to, you're very welcome to take these books. Uh, there's not a huge number of them here, but uh, if each one of those is given personally to someone else who would really value something to help them to start praying, that could be a really good use of talents at this time. I said earlier that I would focus mainly on a corporate application of this story. What are we doing together which enables us to invest in the kingdom at this time and use those spectrum of gifts that God has entrusted to us. But the storyline of the parable is that there were three individuals that were each given some resources by their master to put to use. Indeed, very considerable resources in today's terms. Each person had to account for how they'd use that money and each received their individual response from the master. There's a significant phrase in the song that we're going to sing in a few moments, which says this, so easy to desire what others have, 
instead of seeing all the gifts you have given me. And whether you consider yourself to be a five-talent, a two-talent, or one-talent person is not the point. It is how you use what has God has entrusted to you. That is what matters. And interestingly, though the two in the story who put their money to use were indeed successful in what they did, they were commended not for being successful, but for being faithful. And today God is calling you and calling me to use the life that he's given to us, the faith that he's given to us, the gifts that he's given to us, the networks of people that he's given to us, the opportunity of prayer that he's given to us. God is calling each of us to use this effectively in kingdom work. Don't sit back and leave it all to somewhere else, someone else. Make sure that your life is faithful to God's calling to you and effective in sharing Christ's love with those around you.